This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Right, good afternoon everybody. Um, not only do I turn up late, change the subject and also mess up your uh, order of service as well, so apologies for all of that. Um, we're going to think about the title, Little Children, Keep Yourselves from Idols, uh, for a few moments this afternoon. It's obviously taken from 1 John chapter 5, and I'll read that out to you now. It's the last uh, verse. It says, My little children, guard yourselves from idols in um, the RSV. So, what do we picture then when we think of idols? Um, when we think of idols um, that are mentioned in the Bible? Well, um, I've got a son who's now 17 years old and we had a little bit of think about this um, before I wrote this uh, talk or before we uh, got down to the detail of the talk and we came up with a list that looks something a little bit like that. So when we're thinking of biblical idols, we're thinking perhaps of small figurines. Um, Jess, my son, had seen um, some films and the heroes of the films, you know, set in Roman times and um, it, this one film his family had died and he kept little figurines of his family and he prayed to them every night um, you think perhaps of the household gods that um, Rachel kept um, in Genesis chapter 31 um, when we think of idols we certainly think of false gods um, perhaps we think of sacrifices and human sacrifices Think of statues made of gold and in acts. Um, you remember Demetrius, the silversmith, made idols from silver. Um, of the goddess Diana, I think it was. Um, Diana of the Ephesians. So that was a list that we came up, and it's not exhaustive by any means. But when we think of idols in the Bible, it's that sort of thing that uh, we, we, we think of, I'm sure. So, a bit of an interactive uh, afternoon as well, just for a few moments, um, testing your knowledge. Um, idols that are named in the Bible, the first one's the easiest one, so shout out, don't feel shy. What's that one, any ideas? That's it, I heard a whisper at the back there, golden calf, yeah, excellent, so an obvious one. Um, another obvious one, I'd have thought, from Daniel. Um, Nebuchadnezzar's dream that he decided he was going to uh, be the whole of the image and not just the part that he dreamed of being the head. He wanted to be the whole lot. Um, moving on, that's the hardest one. Um, related to our words this morning and lepers, this is Molech. This is Molech and uh, a very large statue of Molech was located just outside Jerusalem in what was called the Valley of Hinnom and they uh, sacrificed children I'm sure you remember reading throughout the Old Testament that children were offered to uh, the god Molech and you can see there a priest of Molech uh, and in his hand is a young uh, baby and between Molech's legs um, is fire and when it was said that the children were passed through the fire those children were offered to Molech by passing them into the fire 
at the base of Molex uh, uh, statue there. And that valley of Hinnom became the valley of Gehenna because the Jews, being very superstitious, um, decided that there were lots of ghosts of the children who used to wander around the valley of Hinnom. Um, so they used to use it as a dumping ground. That's where all the rubbish went. And as a consequence, that's where the lepers ended up who were cast out of the city because that's where they were looking for food and, and a means of survival because nobody else would, would look after them. So that's, that's Molech, human sacrifice. And the final one, um, again, a very well, uh, certainly um, known idol or no god um, throughout the Old Testament um, God of fertility, um, and that is Baal. So there's a few named um, idols um, that are referred to in the Word of God. But it's absolutely clear in the Word um, that they are not gods. If you turn to 2 Kings and chapter 19. Two Kings chapter nineteen and verse eighteen, uh, seventeen. We read there of a truth, Lord, the king, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, save thou us, I beseech thee, out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. And of course the Lord God did save the nation um, from the king of Assyria. Because the king of Assyria's gods were also no gods. They were just images, idols made of wood and stone, as it says there, the work of of men's hands and in Deuteronomy 29 we read that for you know how we have dwelt in the land of Egypt and how we came through the nations which ye passed by and ye have seen their abominations and their idols of wood and stone and silver and gold and that was quite common in Old Testament times for men and women to fashion objects like the golden calf and to worship them. And the Lord God says. They're nothing. They are just what exactly as they are described as. Just lumps of wood. They're lumps of gold or lumps of stone. Whatever they are. They're just m images made by men. They are no gods. <coughs> now. First commandment. In Exodus chapter 20. Was very very simple. Um, thou shalt have, it says, no other gods before me. Israel, God's chosen people, were to worship the Lord God alone. He's described as the one true God. And in his first commandment, or in his list of commandments, the first one he gave to his people was that they were to worship no other God but him. You see, the whole purpose of his nation, Israel, um, I believe, was to glorify their God, their creator, the one true God. 
And the way that they glorified him was to worship him exclusively and not to create these other images of wood and stone, of gold or silver and to waste their time worshipping them. They were to worship the one true God alone. Now, I said that this was um, an interactive uh, session and I'm not going to do this but when we have young people um, in the audience what I tend to do is um, and I'll, I'll flick this up so you can see we think of the Lord God as a heavenly light okay, in this example experiment and uh, we worship God um, exclusively or the nation of Israel were told to worship God exclusively so what I tend to do is I get one of the kids to stand on a chair hold a torch and shine it down and another one to sit on the floor and worship and, and they are bathed in the light of the one true God okay what happened with Israel when they um, worshipped the golden calf or, image, or other images is that when they were obviously worshipping the one true God I introduced somebody else to stand between them and the light the person on the floor is cast into shadow um, so that was, that's what we would have done um, but it looks like something like that so when Israel worshipped God but then introduced these idols the idols came between them and the light between them and God and as a consequence they were now in shadow they were unable to see the Lord God <coughs> and they lived in shadow but we're told um, that God is a jealous God he wanted Israel to worship him exclusively um, he wasn't prepared to take second place if you like in today's parliaments and the consequences for Israel worshipping idols were absolutely immense and we're just going to have a reading now if we could um, from Deuteronomy chapter 4. <coughs> Andrew, Andrew, do you think you could have the light on? Yes, well, yeah, thanks. <coughs> Thank you. Deuteronomy chapter 4, commencing at verse 15. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that Yahweh spoke unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground and the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth unless thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars even all the host of heaven shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them which Yahweh thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven but Yahweh hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace 
even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance, as ye are this day. Furthermore, Yahweh was angry with me for your sakes, and swear that I should not go over Jordan, and that I should not go into that good land which Yahweh thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. But I must die in this land. I must not go over Jordan. But ye shall go over and possess that good land. Take heed unto yourselves, lest ye forget the covenant of Yahweh your God, which he made with you, and make you a graven image, or the likeness of anything which Yahweh thy God hath forbidden thee. For Yahweh thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. When thou shalt beget children, and children's children, and ye shall have remained long in the land, and shall corrupt yourselves, and make a graven image, or the likeness of anything, and shall do evil in the sight of Yahweh thy God, to provoke him to anger. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day, that ye shall soon utterly perish from off the land whereunto ye go over Jordan to possess it. Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. And Yahweh shall scatter you among the nations, and ye shall be left few in number among the nations whither Yahweh shall lead you. And there ye shall serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell but if from thence thou shalt seek Yahweh thy God thou shalt find him if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul and when thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee even in the latter days if thou turn to Yahweh thy, thy God and shall be obedient unto his voice for Yahweh thy God is a merciful God he will not forsake thee neither destroy thee nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which he sware unto them That's great, thank you very much. So, those are the consequences quite clearly set out for us there, um, or set out for God's chosen people, of what would happen should they worship these idols. We've got the same phrase there in verse 28 again, haven't we? And there you shall serve gods, the work of men's hands, of wood and stone, which neither see nor hear, eat nor smell. They can't do anything. They're completely unable to do anything or help anybody they are just wood and stone and gold and silver and and the Lord says um, to um, his people through Moses in verse 15 take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves for ye saw no manner of form or similitude on the day that the Lord spoke unto you in Horeb they didn't see God they didn't see any shape or form of God and that was done on purpose God didn't reveal himself to them in a form precisely for the reason I think that he didn't want them making images and corrupting 
him, if you like, through the images that they would make. And he goes on to say, doesn't he, you're not to make images of any animals, uh, whether it slithers on the ground or whether it crawls on the ground or, or whether it goes on four legs. I don't want you to do that. You're not to make images of stars or, or worship the sun or the moon or any other planets. I am the one true God. And as far as you're concerned, and we're concerned, I have no form. I am a jealous God and you are not to worship the things of men's hands, the things that are made by men. And yet he knew that that's exactly what they would do. He says in verse 25, when thou, be, when thou shalt beget children and children's children, and ye shall have been long in the land, ye shall corrupt yourselves and make graven images in the form of anything, and shall do that which is evil in the sight of the Lord. And it didn't really take very long. It didn't really take very many generations to pass at all. Before God's chosen people, God's holy people, God's separate people, started to create those things with their own hands. And set them up and worship them. And their jealous God to them became a no God that's the Old Testament but what on earth has this and the title there got to do with us at Ormskirk or in Withall or, or anywhere else in the 21st century um, it's not what we do is it I don't know anyone who um, gets hung up on the gods there you know, no one falls down and worships um, Baal or, or Golden Calf or, or even Molech. We don't see that sort of thing in this day and age, do we? We don't have issues with idols in this day and age. Let's just go back to that slide there. In 1 John 5, read this to you at the beginning, we're given an opportunity by the Lord, though, in this day and age. Because this, these words apply to us here at Ormskirk. He says, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. That's the first thing. The Lord has, through his Son, given us understanding. And that understanding is contained in the word that is before us. And through that understanding... Uh, John goes on to say we can know him we can understand him who is true this one true God not anything made with man's hands but this one true God and we here in Ormskirk have an opportunity to be in him who is true in his son Jesus Christ he is says John the true God and through him and his son we are offered eternal life so we have all that hope and all the hope that John gives us right the way through his epistle and then the very very last words of his epistle are little children keep yourselves from idols so what is that to us and how does that work for us and, and why is it a problem for us in the 21st century we've already said that we don't have an issue with the idols of the Old Testament 
But I think if we're not careful, brothers and sisters, it's very easy for us to have an issue with idols per se. It's a very individual issue, and we'll come on to that in a moment or two. But just to sum up, or to give you a a bit more brief detail about this, I'll I'll play this little video. It's a video that I took off YouTube, and it's by uh, a a couple of guys called the Skit Guys. And some of their stuff they do is really really good, and I think this is one of them, and, and some of it isn't so good. But see what you think of this. Hopefully it'll work. I was watching TV the other day, and the show comes on with these religious fanatics. They were crazy. Well, you would think they were crazy if you didn't understand their culture and their religion. It's not working. See, that's just the thing. They were worshippers of idols. Okay. What we'll do is try that again if that's all right. I don't know why it was working earlier. Everyone hold your breath. I was watching TV the other day, and the show comes on with these religious fanatics. They were crazy. Well, you would think they were crazy if you didn't understand their culture and their religion. See, that's just the thing. Just listen to it, and I'll explain it later. And they took things to extremes. They painted their bodies. They wore these ridiculous costumes. They chanted, they danced, they they made sacrifices to their idols. They built these enormous temples to worship their idols. It seemed like their entire existence climaxed into this one scenario, this one over-the-top act of worship. You don't really relate, do you? Let's try it again. I was watching TV the other day, and this show comes on with these religious fanatics. They were crazy. See, that's just the thing. They were worshippers of idols, and they took things to extremes. They painted their bodies. They wore these ridiculous costumes. They chanted, they danced, they, they made sacrifices to their idols. They built these enormous temples to worship their idols. It seemed like their entire existence climaxed into this one scenario, this one over-the-top act of worship. Idol worship. It's not just about golden calves anymore. Enough of that. Hopefully you get the sort of message that that's supposed to show, though. Um, Idol worship in the 21st century isn't about golden calves or any sort of idols. It's about what we put in place of God or between us and the Lord God in this day and age. And the guy on on the clip there was referring to these temples or great big NFL football pitches that they have um, in in, uh, North America um, and how massive crowds paint themselves up and in effect worship the game and the stars that play in in the American Football League. Now, I don't have a particular problem with American football either. I I heard um, football football mentioned at dinner time. I don't really have a problem with football football either. But I've got problems with all sorts of other things that come between me and the Lord or could come between me and the Lord if I let them Um, and I think that's really the point it's very very individual in this day and age what did we say about Israel we said that Israel were God's chosen people 
He chose them to be his special called out ones. And as a consequence, I believe what they were supposed to do was glorify him. And we'd be given that same opportunity. We read there in 1 John, haven't we? We've been given the opportunity to know and understand the Lord. But having that opportunity brings a certain responsibility. And the purpose of our lives, therefore, I believe, should be dedicated to the glorification of God. And idol worship is whatever comes between us and our God. Is this going to work now? Go on to the next slide. Yeah, excellent. So it's whatever comes between us and our God. Could be Chelsea, it could be football club, it could be, I don't know, whatever. In England playing rugby on Saturday. It could be anything. It's whatever stops us worshipping the Lord God. For Israel, it was idols of stone and wood and silver and gold. It was idols made with man's hands. Um, But what is it then that comes between us and our God? What is it in our lives that stops us worshipping our God? Um, So I'll tell you what, Google idol and see what comes up in this modern age of idol worship. What is idol worship? Um, And when I googled idol, guess what I came up with? Oh, is it going to work? There you go. Pop idol. Brilliant. Um, And pop idol itself is famous for making normal people famous. Um, They have no other reason. They have no other particular talent. They're just famous for being famous. You see, if you like, the cult of the celebrity. And that's the sort of thing. It's... uh, we said that um, these idols of stone and wood were considered by God to be no gods. And yet our celebrities are no people really. They're nothing. They're nobody, are they? <clears throat> and in this world we find, or you can look around and see, that God just seems to disappear into the background. Nobody wants to talk about him, learn about him, or be with him and we need to be careful that doesn't happen to us I think Um, we had a a think in our house uh, again about what if we weren't careful could take over our lives what if we weren't careful could come between um, us and our heavenly father um, if we don't get the balance right and it was different for each of us Uh, we asked we had a chat with Heather about it, spoke to my son Jess about it, and it's different for each of us. Um, there's that one-eyed monster that sits in the uh, in the corner of the lounge. That's uh, we spend a lot of time around that, no shadow of a doubt. Um, but for Heather, her biggest or the, the biggest thing in her life that if she wasn't careful, come between her and God, or the amount of time that she spends on it, we have a bay window that faces just the right way to catch the afternoon sun. And in the bay window is a really, really comfy chair. And Heather can be found, most often than not, on a nice sunny day, uh, sat in that chair, reading the latest John Grisham book. Has it worked yet? John Grisham book. That's what Heather's thing is, that uh, she can spend hours and hours and hours and hours on, if she's not careful. 
It's what could come between her and God. It's her idol, if you like, or could be her idol. A bit different from a son, doesn't care a fig for anything with paper on, or books, or anything like that. What Jess is into, um, or what he was into, um, is the Xbox 360. Obviously now, it's the PS1 or whatever it is, I don't know. Um, that's what he will waste hours and hours and hours on if we allow him to. Um, and for me, um, something completely different. I'll spend hours and hours and hours thinking and looking up and learning and doing sailing. Brilliant, I love it. I could waste my whole life doing things related to sailing if I wasn't careful. And there's nothing intrinsically wrong with any of those things. Nothing at all. I'm not saying we should give all, any of those things up. But what we need to be careful of as individuals is that those things don't get so big in our lives that they overtake our lives and come between us and God. So that, in effect, we are sitting in the shade. Um, and I said, it's an individual thing. It could be our football, it could be rugby, it could be our friends that come between us. It could be teams that we play for. It could be our jobs. I've, you know, you hear the phrase of workaholics, and I used to work for one. And my old boss, he would work hours and hours and hours in every day, including Saturdays and Sundays. Or it could be our education. Perhaps we're chasing the next, the next certificate, the next whatever. Whatever it is, if it gets out of hand and out of control, then I think we can consider it an idol, um, because it could become, could come between us and our heavenly Father. And there's a warning about them for us in the New Testament. And that warning is found in Luke chapter 11 verse 24. And we're reading Luke chapter 11 verse 24. When an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh in dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he saith, I will return to my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then, he go, then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. And I think what the um, Apostle uh, Luke is saying here is that if we're not careful, we can empty our lives of all this stuff that we've referred to with the intention of filling it with the Lord God. But if we don't fill it with God, then what happens is all sorts of other stuff get sucked into our lives and we get involved in everything around whatever it is the new thing uh, becomes and he says the last state of that man is therefore worse worse than the first if we don't act to fill our lives with the living God um, by our very nature we'll fill it uh, even more with the, with the stuff that we're trying to get rid of if we're prepared to empty our lives of all that stuff or at least allow, not allow it to become so large that it comes between us and our father we, we therefore will or we need to aim to allow God to come into our lives to know him and to understand him as John said what agreement says Paul in 2 Corinthians hath the temple of God with idols has no agreement no agreement for ye says Paul you and me are the temple of the living God 
As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. If we are prepared, brothers and sisters, to use our lives to glorify God, to worship him as he requires us to, then God has said he'll walk with us. And what a tremendous offer and honour that is, that the Lord God will walk with us and live within us and consider us to be his sons and his daughters. And we gain all the wonderful benefits that stem from that, including the eternal life that was mentioned in the first of John. Brothers and sisters, thank you very much for listening uh, to us. Thank you, or to me. Thank you very much for having us and feeding us. It's been a lovely day. And once again, I do apologise for uh, being late uh, this afternoon as well. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe, and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. Christadelphians.org.uk.